Thursday Finance Now, it's quarter past 12, and Stephen Pritchard, how are commodities travelling at the moment? Good, Jane. Uh, actually, they're um, all up this week, surprisingly. Ooh. Um, uh, gold was up 3.44%, and silver was up 5%, so the precious metals are up after having a downward trend for the last couple of months. They're, they're up or so in the last week. Now, is there uh, any reason for that? Don't know. Really, it's not, you know <laughs> just one of the th- something to just, do with the dollar something. not doing so well, perhaps. Um, yeah, not. not really, because this is in the U.S. dollar prices. Mm. Gold, gold and silver quite in U.S. dollar prices. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's nothing to 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 do with the Australian dollar really. Um, copper's up three percent. Um, nickel's up one percent, and tin is also up one percent. Mm. So the commodity markets are all strengthening. Um, the Australian dollar continues its uh, adjustments and mm. continues to fall. I love the language. Adjustments, <laughs> you like that? So it was down to 83 cents, US cents yesterday, and uh, 52 pence, which is the UK. The only currency it's up against, actually, is the Canadian dollar. So we're up um, marginally against the Canadian dollar, a point. Nine five, and that may be, but the, the, a lot of the Canadian economies um, similar to us with a commodity-based um, resources. Um. So they and we are travelling at about mm-hmm. the same rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Canada has a lot of those oil. Um, what's the technical term? Oil sands. Ah. Um, and the value of the oils dropping as yes, everyone knows. Yeah. So the the actual oil price, the the um, West Texas crude was down um, 2.8% for the week, and that has translated into a, another fall in petrol prices, which is interesting because there is a big difference between Sydney and Newcastle prices. Um, today, today yes. the petrol on the central coast is a dollar forty-two. The unleaded is a dollar forty-two cents a litre. Newcastle's a dollar thirty-seven. And Sydney's a dollar twenty-seven. Uh, Sydney's dropped. Sydney's dropped dramatically. And Newcastle hasn't yet. Well, Sydney's dropped five cents a mm. litre since last week, and Newcastle has dropped two cents a litre, and the Central Coast has also dropped two cents a litre. Mm. So, so, yeah, well, it's anybody's guess as to whether our bowels of prices will be going down or not, I suppose. Um, I think that's right. We're coming up to Christmas. Um People use more petrol over Christmas. I expect you see the prices go up. Ah, oh, yes. There's always those competing trends, isn't there? Mm. Um, there were some statistics done that they, some while ago, I remember that um, someone did some analysis and the prices actually go up before the weekend. Uh huh. And particularly long weekends. Sometimes prices come down on Sundays, which I find interesting. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. We don't need to try and work out why it all happens. Now, and the interesting thing is the diesel prices have also come down, um, by about the same amounts. Um, Central Coast is a dollar forty-six, uh, Newcastle's a dollar forty-five, and Sydney's a dollar forty. Um, why there is a ten cents a litre difference in unleaded petrol and only five cents a litre difference in diesel is uh, an interesting question. It is. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, the price differential should only represent the transport costs. One would have thought, but and it can't yes. cost any more to transport a litre of diesel than it can petrol. Mm. But observation over over the months, over the years, seems to indicate that's not the answer. It seems to me that Newcastle's paying considerably higher fuel prices. Mm. 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 
And that's our commodities, Stephen. Anything more to report on that front? Um, I think that basically covers... That should uh, be it? Yes, we've covered off on... Ah, oh, the index. The All Ordinaries Index is, is down 1.2% for the week. And the uh, US Dow is down 2%. Yes. And the US NASDAQ is down around 2%. And the UK index is down 3%. And the Japanese index, the Nikkei, is down 1.7%. So basically, all the markets are down for the week. It's Thursday Finance, and we do it for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners on 2NURFM. And Stephen Pritchard, first of all, we'll say a special cheerio to Barry Preston. Um, good to know. All's Hi, going well with you. I'm sure you're listening there to us to making sure we're here. Uh, doing the right up thing. The standard, doing the right thing. <laughs> and time for our market snapshot now with Henry Jennings. Henry, what's happening on the market there today? Uh, morning, uh, well, afternoon, Stephen. Um, the market, we're down, uh, we're down again today, another 37 points, although it's a little bit better than it was earlier. Um, we're still being blown around by global winds and especially the, uh, the fall in the oil price. Um, more problems emerging in Greece as they've, uh, called elections. Um, so there's a few sort of global headwinds heading into Christmas, which is not what we want to see. Usually we, we try and find ourselves a Santa Claus rally. But at the moment, uh, Santa Claus seems to have lost his sleigh. Yes, but we've still got a week, though, so he, he, he might still come down the chimney and drop us a present. Well, he might, but I don't think it's going to be a very big present. Even if he does, it's going to, it's going to, um, it's going to take a long way back, to put it that way. It's going, to, it's going to be a rough road, I think, for Santa this year. Unfortunately, I think you're probably right. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so there's no, no no big announcements come out this morning because we're going in at a quiet period of the year too. Um, we are. The only announcement, I guess, this morning that was of any consequence was the uh, the unemployment rate in Australia has increased to six point three percent. But there were the good news, I guess, against that is there were forty six thousand uh, new jobs uh, created, most of them part time mm-hmm. in November. I don't quite know where they were, but apparently they were around somewhere. Um, as a result, the Aussie dollar has rallied back up to eighty three and a half. It was below eighty three cents. <laughs> So um, there is a you know, there is a expectation that because we've created forty six thousand jobs, maybe we won't get a rate cut in February. But uh, I think the RBA is probably uh, probably um, now staring down uh, the barrel of having to cut rates to uh, stimulate. Yeah, probably they, probably a lot of those jobs were casual jobs in the retail sector over Christmas. I would imagine so. Yeah. People gearing up. Uh, lots of lots of people employing uh, Santas this year. Yes, I was in David Jones the other week, and they seem to have a lot more staff than they used to have there. So yeah, I think they're all going to be a little disappointed because looking at consumer confidence numbers yesterday, which were pretty bleak, um, sort of worse for five years. Um, I don't think it's going to be a great retail Christmas. Mm-hmm. It might be good at Boxing Day sales though. Um, I think people will be happy to hold off before Christmas and then maybe spend up in January when the sales are on, which, of course, is good for retailers, but um, bad for them in terms of their margins. No, that's right. I, I said a lot more staff. I didn't say customers. There, there was, no, no, no. There was, no, well, there's any more true. staff maybe, than customers. Maybe they've got more staff so they can get the staff discounts. No, that's good. That's good. Well, that'll get the sales up. And yeah. one of the big news that's come out, of course, the last week is the Murray Inquiry report. And then, you know, yes. a couple of interesting things out of that. 
the long-awaited Murray uh, report, which um, has had David Murray, who uh, listeners will remember was the uh, the former head of uh, the Commonwealth Bank, and also for a time uh, the Future Fund, um, and he's come out with a with a sort of a, a very broad uh, range report into the financial services industry and some of his recommendations. Um, there was a lot of stuff that was kind of, I guess, telegraphed to the market beforehand. A lot of it is to do with uh, banks uh, providing more capital and a more of a buffer for uh, for things like the GFC. Um, having said that, I mean, Australian banks actually sort of cruise through the GFC. So um, I'm not sure they're, they're really the ones that should be providing a bigger buffer, but we'll wait and see. But, of course, this report has to go to um, the government, and it has to actually be um, acted on by APRA, which is the regulator of uh, the banks. Uh, this week also we heard that APRA had called in the big four and was talking to them about their lending criteria, especially for interest free loans and also for investor loans mm-hmm. um, and they're looking to try and um, I guess take some of the heat out of the property market. Um, the other thing that the Murray report did try and do was to uh, to level the playing field between some of the regional banks and some of the big banks um, so that was another thing and, and, and some other uh, changes to superannuation I guess but um, it seems that the banks were probably expecting a lot worse. In fact the day after the Murray report came out on Sunday the big four actually uh, yeah. rallied quite considerably yeah. and they've since fallen in a bit of a hole but um, that's more a world thing than a, than a, a domestic specific thing so yeah it's been an interesting reaction I think the, uh, the the bark was worse than the bite and we've still got six months to go before we see whether there's any actual bite to the, the Murray report at all yeah I mean and um, you, know, you know that's right and there's talk that you know that the increased capital um, it, it's really going to depend over what time period um, they're going to have to uh, increase the capital. I mean, if it's straight away, that that's going to involve more, a lot more pain than yes. if they can just do it over three years out of the DRP yep. or retained earnings or whatever. And, that's and right. I mean, the, the concern for investors, I guess, is that in, in an effort to retain capital, uh, their payout ratios for their dividends fall, and as a result, the, the, the great growth that uh, investors mm-hmm. have seen in the dividends um, for the banks will, will be um, curtailed, and as a result, the yields will come under pressure. But having said that, you know, if, if interest rates fall in, in February when the RBA, if, if the RBA lowers them, then uh, the banks are going to look more attractive uh, on a yield basis than, than mm. uh, deposits. Of course. Yeah, I noticed NAB's already started to bolster their capital with their um, dividend reinvestment plan being underwritten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the A-dollar continues to fall. Well, the A does continue to fall. I mean, we do have a commodity-based economy, um, and commodities around the world continue to be under the pump. We've seen oil, um, you know, that, that's heading towards, um, you know, depending on which measure you look yep. at, whether you look at Brent or WTI, West Texas Intermediate, you know, 60 or 65 bucks, is, it's not good. Iron ore continues to languish. Um, you know, there's no respite really for gold, although we have had a bit of a relief bounce uh, this week as um, some panic spread in, in Greece and other countries about uh, some of the euro problems. So um, the Aussie dollar continues to fall and it looks like it's probably got further to fall. The interesting thing, I guess, is that the US economy continues to uh, to dominate in terms of its growth profile compared to elsewhere. And 
that is sucking in dollars. So it's not so much just that the Aussie dollar is falling, but it's more also a question of the US dollar is rising. To a new RFM, this is Thursday Finance. It's 25 to 1, and it is our market snapshot with Henry Jennings. Henry, we're back. Um, for those investors who, who think the Australian dollar is going to continue to fall, there's, there's a lot of new um, products now in ASX that, that gives you offshore exposure to, to basically those, the currency directly and um, offshore funds, isn't there? Um, there is. There's a lot of these ETFs um, which are exchange-traded funds which have got uh, US dollar denomination. So as the US dollar increases and the Aussie dollar goes down, regardless of what the price of the underlying asset necessarily does, they will do well. Uh, one that I've been looking at recently is a thing called uh, the PM Capital Fund, which uh, invests in a bunch of global companies like Apple and those sorts of things. But it is, uh, it is very dependent on the US dollar. So as the US dollar increases uh, on the Aussie dollar falls, the, the price of this one does go up. So there, there are a lot of ways of playing the falling Aussie dollar um, together with looking at uh, companies uh, directly that are going to benefit from the falling Aussie dollar. Some of those uh, would be the, the big US dollar earners, things like Brambles and the Amcors of this world and even QBE to an extent. Um, also, as the Aussie dollar falls, of course, we, our country becomes more attractive to overseas visitors. Um, and as a result, tourism stocks tend to do okay in that kind of environment. And, of course, uh, one of the big winners at the moment from the lower fuel prices has been Qantas. Yes, but they're not lifting the fuel um, levy, are they? They're just keeping that, that I think, on their ticket that prices. Makes it even better. Even more profitable for the company. So they, they might actually make a profit this year. Yes, I think they will. Yes. And up here, uh, one of the local mining services companies, there's a takeover offer or discussions of a takeover offer for Bradkenton. Yeah, so I think it's around five ten the proposed offer, and the the stock's trading about four fifty, I think. Yeah, about four fifty, four sixty. I mean, the the, the takeover offer is about ten percent above the price. Um, it's a very conditional, uh, non-binding. Let's have a look at the books and let's see if there's anything nasty under the books um, kind of offer. So it uh, remains to be seen whether anything will come of it, but it has certainly helped the stock price go from you know the low sort of three dollars up to uh, mid fours, which um, is, is a good thing. Mining services companies have been absolutely trounced uh, in the last. Uh, year or two in our market and um, you know it, it's good to see that at least somebody out there has some uh, confidence uh, that maybe the bottom has been reached although I suspect we've got a little bit more downside to come we'll, we'll wait and see yeah, it's interesting that, that the private equity is now looking at selected uh, mining services companies yeah and uh, yeah. the oil stocks are continuing to fall the Santos and the Woodside for, you know purely that the, the price of oil is dropping yes uh, yeah, I mean, the price of oil has been plummeting, and as a result, things like Woodside, um, you know, have had some big falls. Santos especially has had some very big falls. It's seen as quite highly geared. They had to cancel a hybrid funding um, package they were putting together in Europe, um, and, and the stock has sort of dropped from, uh, you know, it's trading now at 727, and it, it wasn't long ago there was um, there was another, you know, it was um, over, uh, over 10 bucks, now 12 bucks. 13 bucks, mm. so um, you know, 
it's 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 had a, a massive fall, um, and you know all those stocks have Woodside Oil Search, um, AWE, all the all the oil stocks have really been hurt badly. And what, what do you think the other stock that seems to be falling is Woolworths? I mean, um, that seems to be coming back as well. Yes, I mean Woolworths obviously is is a is a, is a blue chip kind of uh, stock, and it's in a lot of people's portfolios. And, you know, one of the problems they had is that they've had lower sales growth, and certainly, you know, looking at them against um, the likes of Coles, it does seem that Coles are doing it slightly better. Um, and Woolies have got a bit of a problem in their masters business, which is trying to compete with Bunnings. Um, it seems to be a massive money pit for them. So um, as a result, investors have, have kind of lost faith in Woolies. Um, and although the, the rot seems to have stopped a little bit at the moment, and we have seen a little bit of stability trying to creep in, um, it has you know fallen from 38, um, 37, $38 mm. back down to um, 30 bucks today. 30 uh, and just to wrap up, um, what's your stock pick for the year? Oh, for next year. For next year, we're going to ask you how we went at the end of the year. Okay. So Jane's uh, marking that in her diary. Okay. Um, oh, it's that's a really tough one. I think um, it's only a bit of fun, Henry. It's only a bit of fun. I'm going to tip a stock called IVO, which is a very small stock. It's a tech stock, um, and they're looking at data mining and how they can um, enhance the shopping experience. Very small, only capped at about $20 million, $25 million, but I've just seen a very good presentation from them, um, so I'm going to tip that as my stock. It's general advice only, ladies and gentlemen, and it's uh, very highly speculative, um, but um, maybe worth having a little look at. Yeah, it's definitely like all the comments on this this program is just as just general advice. You know, you need to get your own professional advice before acting on them. Well, th- thanks for that, well, Henry. Just before we wrap up, Stephen, I think you should be giving us your tip. Ah, my the same tip. Time yeah. for next year. Uh, my tip, Certex. Certex is again. Yeah. Even more. Even more. Even Crikey. more. It's going to go high if they if they get if they get a Certex is a. Uh, treatment for liver cancer it basically injects um, these uh, glass balls into the liver and concentrates the radiation dosage um, it's previously been a treatment of last resort it's currently being investigated it's got fda investigation investigation is not the proper word approval process to be used as a treatment for um, first line treatment if that occurs um, the the usage of that product will increase dramatically. But once again, it's um, speculative on that basis. It requires FDA approval. Who knows what they're going to say? Um, and it's general advice only. Well, um, good luck. This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, and Stephen Pritchard with us today. And we're looking at Christmas gifts because it's coming up to that time of year where we do need to um, fill the stockings. Yes, Mm. I thought we'd have a quick look at what Christmas gifts we can get for those um, people that it's hard to find things for, particularly uh, grandchildren and children and even not so... um, Young children, for that matter. So, of course, we're thinking about things with a slightly, slightly financial, financial type of type. aspect. Yep. yep. Mm. So, where do we start? So, then? I mean, I thought we could start with some. You could always buy the grandchildren or children a parcel of shares. Basically, mm-hmm. we recommend um, at least five hundred dollars worth to, to cover the brokerage. Um, probably, if you're talking about the grandchildren, 
um, probably to buy something that they, they come in contact with the brand, so they're interested in it. I mean, the, the, fir- the first share I ever bought when I was 16 was in a company called Cabri Schweppes Australia, which is no longer listed, and that was because I used to like the Cabri chocolate block and Jane's nodding. And that was a good <laughs> exercise, you know. Yeah, so, so you can relate to buy some shares. If you're going to buy some shares for the grandchildren, buy some that they can relate to and are in, will be interested in. So then they can follow how yeah. the share is going. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have Disneyland listed in Australia, but, <laughs> but there's other things that, 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 you know, like if they go to the movies, you can buy Amalgamated Holdings, which, yeah, I, and I think there's a shareholder discount pass on a certain size parcel there, so they'll get a discount when they go to the movies. So something like that. Something like that. Okay. Now, if you do buy a parcel of shares, do you buy it in the child or the grandchild's name? Um, if they're less than 18, you need to buy it in your name on account of the grandchild. Okay. Yep. So, so, but that, that's a relatively straightforward process. And does that have implications for tax and things like um, that? Not if it's a genuine gift to the, the grandchild and they've got other income of less, or a child for that matter, and they've got other income of less than $416. Um, there's no tax issues. Right. Okay. So a parcel of shares is always a thought. And, uh, hmm. For smaller amounts of money, it's always good to start them a savings account down at the um, local um, building society or bank for that matter. But if you do that, make sure um, you get one that's got no fees. And a number of institutions now have um, are now catering for children's accounts, which a few years ago they didn't want to know about, but now they seem to be hungry for deposits and they've got special children's accounts that, that, that have got no fees. So, I mean, you could start that with a 50 or or $100 and each birthday, you know, just put a bit more money in. Again, um, so that... Is in the child's name? Yep, in the child's name. Because it's a special and kind provided of account. they've got yeah less than four hundred dollars interest, four hundred sixteen dollars interest. There's no tax issues involved there. Okay, and then when does the child have access to that money? Um, well, it's their money technically straight away. Okay, so they could withdraw it if they wanted to. Well, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, well, you are giving them a Christmas present, so yep, yes, yep. So, so I think could. that's fair. Yeah. Okay, good. But that's not the idea. I mean, you know, it's a bit of educational. Thing here, you know, for savings account, you know, you might want to start it with $50 or just top it up with a bit of birthday money or Christmas money or something like that. Yeah, and um, would you perhaps be able to encourage a regular deposit of the child to start putting some money aside? You could try. <laughs> you could try. Okay. Mm. All right, so that's, that's always a good thing to do. Well, children this day... You know, once you pay their mobile phone bills and things, uh, you know, you have to tell them they've got to pay it themselves. Uh huh. Yes, because mm. mobile phones are certainly a bit more expensive than they used to be. Mm. Everything's more expensive than when I was a kid. Mm. Well, I suppose that stands to reason too with normal inflation. We didn't have mobile phones. <laughs> okay, and for those for those people who are a bit senior, um, and, and you know, there's always some some um, books you can buy. Um, there's there's some. For, for those who like a, a good read and a non-technical type thing, there's a whole series of books called Rich Man, Poor Man, um, and that's by Robert Kiyosaki, and you'll find them, and there's you know there's probably 10 or 15 books, I'd say, in that series by now. Um, they're a good read, basically non-technical, basically basic financial you know, advice. Mm, so, and and there are ten books, so there must oh, be an awful lot of financial terms or oh, financial concepts. They yeah, come. they deal with property investment, and, okay, and savings, and 
Yeah. So yeah. there's different and topics. Shares yeah, and shares. Yeah, different yes. topics on each book. Okay. Yeah. And, and they're non-technical, so they're a kind of good, easy-type read for a non-technical person. Yes. Okay, that's Rich Man, Poor Man? Yes, there's a whole series. Yes. You know. Okay. Um, just find what the bookshop's got. Yes. Down at one of the local um, bookshops, if you can find one. Find a, f- you know, indeed, a well, there's finance. One in, there's one in Hamilton, will order any book in you want. So yes, so there you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, some the, other books. Um, Intelligent Investor, that's the original book by Benjamin Graham. Yeah. It's one of the founders of modern day investment analysis. That's quite a, a non-technical good read. Um, Wait, uh, when did he write that then? Oh, in the 1930s. Right. Concepts have stayed yep. the same. Concepts have stayed the same. It basically talks about diversifying your portfolio. Balanced portfolio should be 50% equities, 50% uh, fixed interest, which is basically the same concepts that we exist with today. He was the father of um, investment analysis. And for those who really like to get into the technical stuff and the formulas, there's his actual textbook, Security Analysis, which was written in the 1930s and has been up. Updated. They did several times, and it's the Bible that Warren Buffett actually uses. Security analysis. Security analysis. What? It's the original textbook on security analysis. It's about 800 pages. Security meaning keeping things safe? No, it means shares. Meaning and shares. Basic, it's equities, yes. A yes. technical term, equity Very analysis. technical book. Okay, and it's it gives you an insight as to how, how, how do you analyse things. Stuff, yeah. It's about 800 pages. There's a lot of case studies in it. Um, and it's not that difficult to read. Um, so, so you know, we've basically got people who want a non-technical uh, good read, um, Robert Karasaki's book, Intelligent Investor for someone in between, and for those who want a more in-depth technical um, book, we could have a look at security analysis. Some Christmas gift ideas on 2NURFM's finance. And that brings us to the end of finance today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back next Thursday uh, for after the midday news for uh, finance, Thursday finance.